On Buccaneers, your daily Tampa Bay Buccaneers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up and welcome back to the Locked On Bucks podcast. I'm James Yarko, joined as always by Dave Harrison. You can find everything that we're doing over at BucksNation.com and make sure you follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArko underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, and at Bucks underscore Nation. The leadoff story today, notice how I use leadoff, we're going to get to that in a second, is that Tom Brady has officially moved himself and his wife and his children down to Tampa Bay on Davis Island's into the home of former New York Yankee megastar and baseball Hall of Famer Derek Jeter. It goes back to my leadoff joke. That was it was funny. Anyway, um, Brady and and his family have have moved in, relocating to Tampa, which is even in a time of a stay at home order. This home, seven bedrooms, nine bathrooms, billiards room, two boat docks in in the backyard all that also the entertainment room the size of this entertainment room will allow tom brady to have mike evans and chris godwin and oj howard over to his home they can maintain safe distance and start watching film together start working together while doing the social distancing all within Tom Brady's home. It gets him there near the team. And let's face it, David, we are in an age now where if Tom Brady, you know, buys a new pair of shorts, you know, Bucks media is going to talk about it. Uh, Yes. Yes, we are about Tom Brady moving into a house in Tampa, Florida, where he has signed a contract to play football for the next two years. That's the thing that happened. (laughs) And we're going to talk about it. Because it's news. Well, it's it's that that next step. And like like I was saying, it shows that he is in town. He is able to now get with some of his teammates while still respecting the stay at home order, the social distancing, all of that, because it just means don't gather in, you know, with a lot of people. Okay. So Tom Brady can invite Mike Evans over to his house for dinner, and that's fine. That's okay. He can invite a couple of receivers and a couple of tight ends over to watch film. They There's probably a room in that house that is big enough for them to run routes in. Like, this is something now that he can, he can start getting with, I mean, it's a 33,000 square foot home. That is 10 of my houses. 10. No, I mean, I know I, I kind of downplayed or whatever. I mean, the fact that he bought a house and moved into a house isn't news. But, but like you said, the fact that he is in Tampa, Florida now officially is a big deal because, you know, he he's talked about it since he signed about doing everything he can in the offseason to get ready, you know, even with all the circumstances they're facing and the situations they're facing. Uh, it's, it's still important for him to do the best he can as a quarterback of this team to get ready for the upcoming season. And this kind of shows that dedication. I mean, honestly, he didn't have to move to Tampa in April, you know, and, and you look at it. I mean, legal tampering was just a couple weeks ago. Uh, the signing period, you know, the season's only a couple weeks old now, and he's moving in April 2nd. This isn't, you know, if, if anybody of you have ever dealt with real estate at all, this isn't a, a two-day, you know, 
thing that happens. I mean, this is something that that Tom and his people or whatever, his real estate agent or whoever brokered the deal for him has probably been working for the last week or, or longer even. So, you know, so it kind of just, it kind of puts the action behind the words, right? Like actions speak louder than words. Tom is saying all the right words and a lot of good words, but this action, this moving to Florida in early April instead of mid-June, early July before camp, you know what I mean? Like that nobody would have really batted an eye if he just flew in for mini camp, if there's a mini camp, uh, and then flew back home and then flew down for training camp. And then while he's in training camp, his family makes the move. Nobody really would have cared, but I think it is, you know, it is a sign again, uh, that this quarterback, this leader of this team is very serious about what he's doing here because he's already in town when he doesn't have to be. I mean, uh, they can have some meetings, you know what I mean? And, and you're right that the square footage of that house, maybe they will run, run some routes. I don't know. But, just don't hit the chandelier. Yeah, just don't hit the chandelier. Watch out for the <laughs> uh, the pool table. But I mean, let's be real. Most of the stuff's probably going to be done over conference call, FaceTime, Zoom, whatever. You know, uh, playbooks are all digital now, but there is a little bit of wiggle room here and there for the teams to be able to operate. And again, even if it doesn't functionally change a whole lot of things that Tom's able to do with his receivers, it at least from his standpoint, because we all know that family is just as important to Tom as football is and anything else that he does. And the longer he's in Florida, the lo- the earlier he gets his family settled in, the, the, the better they're going to feel. And the more comfortable his family is with the situation, the more comfortable he's going to be. Yeah, absolutely. And I'll throw this out. Well, first. It's um it's about seven and a half miles away from the uh, Advent Health Training Facility, uh, about twenty minutes. So you know, not not too far away from from uh, from Tampa. But I'll throw this out, David. Coming up next week is the unveiling of the new Buccaneers uniforms. I don't think it's too big of a stretch to say Tom Brady is now in town. He's going to be one of the ones unveiling these new uniforms. Yeah, I mean, I, it, it makes perfect sense. And I mean, the jersey number situation, uh, it'll be interesting because I know, you know, like you said, there's a limit on how many people can be in one room at one time or whatever, but they could very much, uh, you know, I think three or three players or so in one room, as long as they're standing like six feet apart, you yeah. know, uh, double arm intervals, uh, I think are, is allowed. Uh, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how the Rams unveiled their new logo. Have they unveiled their new uniforms? They have not unveiled their uniforms, just their logo, just the but logo. You, would, you would think there's going to be three Buccaneers unveiling these uniforms, one in the home reds, one in the away whites, and then one in whatever the color rush is. The speculation the right now is the pewter. Um, yeah. So you figured say. sauces say Tom for one, Mike Evans for one, and then either Levante or Devin White for one. Would yeah, be maybe, my I guess. guess you could see that, but I don't know. They could also go Chris Godwin. I mean, you know, yeah, he, they, did they just, he did just change the jersey number. He is an all pro player on that team. You know, the the focus has been on Tom Brady and the offense and everything. So they kind of keep in with that, keeping with that theme. You have his two receivers uh, and him, especially during this time. Like, that's really like the first time you're going to see those three guys together in one place. And it's probably the last time you're going to see them together in one place, at least publicly, uh, until, you know, July at the earliest. Um, but yeah, I mean, I can see you can see Devin White doing it. I mean, you know, the new the new hot stuff. You can see uh, Levante, the the grizzled veteran, who's more of a fan favorite than a national treasure, even though he should definitely be on the national radar more. So yeah, I mean, all of those options work. It's just you know they can't get them all in the same room at the same time because of the way the rules work. All right, here on a Friday at the Locked On Bucks podcast, we have been talking about Tom Brady and his Brady Bunch moving into a new Tampa 
home at least for the next two years. Uh, we got a we got a Twitter question from Ray Ray at Ray Sively S I V L E Y on Twitter, and he was responding or well, he retweeted uh, J C Cornell, good friend of the show. Um, JC recently did a Bucks complete mock draft on using his own uh, draft network website's draft machine. And in response to that, Ray Ray or Ray uh, added us on Twitter and, and said, Hey, at Locked On Bucks, scoring Jacob Eason in the third to be mentored by Tom Brady for two years uh, with a question mark. It's interesting, James, because he asked this question. He retweets JC's mock draft on the exact same day that. Our Jacob Eason draft profile drops on BucksNation.com, which of course dropped on Thursday morning, written by me, um, which I have to thank you for making me do that because it was fun. It was a lot of fun. And I'll kick off answering this question, basically talking about the value of Jacob Eason, the third to be mentored by Tom Brady and potentially become the next Buccaneer starting quarterback after Tom Brady leaves Tampa, retires from the NFL, whatever he does after these two years. Jacob Eason is getting day one talk. Uh, I don't buy it. I don't believe it. I hope it doesn't happen, but he, it's happening. It's The conversation is happening, right? Uh, the Buccaneers should absolutely in no way, shape, or form consider taking Jacob Eason in the first round of the 2020 NFL draft. Not ever, not even if there is a fire. Uh, day two in the second round, no. The Buccaneers still should not consider taking Jacob Eason in the second round, and here's why. Real quick, the, the signing of Tom Brady, and then we all agree the signing of Tom Brady means that the Buccaneers are all in on trying to win a ring in the next two years, preferably in 2021 in Raymond James Stadium in Tampa, Florida. But if not, they'll wait till 2022, the end of the 2021 season, and do it then. I'm sure they'll be happy with at least one of the two years ending in a Super Bowl. If not both of them, that'd be great. Drafting a wide receiver with your second-round draft, or a wide receiver, a quarterback, to be the understudy for Tom Brady doesn't make any sense if that's what you're trying to do because that backup quarterback is not going to help you win a Super Bowl with Tom Brady. That backup quarterback at best is going to help you recover from a Tom Brady injury. And let's be honest, if Tom Brady goes down, your offense is not the same without Tom Brady than it's going to be with Tom Brady. You're going to have to lean on your defense even more than maybe they're planning on leaning on their defense anyway. So doing that, drafting Jacob Eason in lieu of maybe a free safety, a running back, another offensive lineman, a wide receiver, someone who can contribute in the starting 22, your base 22, or your expanded 25, if you want to get into nickel packages, sub packages, et cetera, et cetera. That's more important to me. Uh, A guy that can contribute to special teams, and Jacob Eason is no Taysom Hill. That's not going to happen. So to me, spending a second-round draft pick on him doesn't make any sense. Third round, that's where I would be okay seeing anybody take Jacob Eason. But honestly, for all the reasons I just said, James, I still don't want to see the Buccaneers draft Jacob Eason in the third round. To be completely honest, I don't want the Buccaneers to draft a quarterback at all. Yeah, I I personally would not mind seeing Eason be the pick in the third round. We've heard the rumblings that Bruce Arians really, really likes him. But as you pointed out, they got Brady because they're all in right now. and. I don't think we're going to see a Bruce Arians coached Buccaneers team without Tom Brady. Now they are all in. So whoever is drafted at quarterback needs to be the choice of whoever the successor is, whether that's Byron Leftwich who becomes a head coach or Todd Bowles who gets promoted to head coach or an outside hire, whoever the, whoever that person is, they need to be the ones to make the decision on who the quarterback is. Am I going to be upset if the Buccaneers draft Jacob Eason in the third round? No, absolutely not. I think he has you know, some raw talent. He needs to sit. He needs to learn. He needs to develop. He needs to 
you know, get a, a little more mental toughness, but he's got a lot of raw talent and, and his, the, the prospect of seeing him reach his ceiling to me is very exciting. And who better to sit behind than Tom Brady? But for all the reasons that you just said, you know, yeah, they, that third round pick could probably be better utilized at another position. I don't want to see them draft him in the second round. I did. Uh, no, I would much rather have a running back or have a safety or whoever in the second round. Absolutely. I'm with you hundred percent there. Third round, you need to address if you haven't addressed running, you know, if you go safety in the second round, well, now you still have to address running back in some capacity. And we haven't even brought up the fact that we still need that number three wide receiver. Is it going to be Watson? Is it going to be Scotty Miller? I doubt it. They're going to get someone else. So spending a, a pick on quarterback in the first two days of the draft, I think is a little bit risky for the Buccaneers. I won't rule it out, but I would say if you use a a first or a second round pick on a quarterback, that's just that is not a smart decision for the Bucks for the 2020 season or the 2021 season. Yeah, I mean the last thing I'll say on that is you're either all in or you're not all in. There's no you can't be all in but then also not be all in. If you take a quarterback in this draft, that is you, that's the equivalent of you holding a five spot back on the on in the pocket. Right here. I'm going to go all in, except for this little white chip right here. I'm going to put this one right over in the corner. Then you're not all in, bro. You know what I'm saying? So you either go all in or you don't. That's the way I kind of look at it. And if the Buccaneers going all in, like it looks like they are, they brought back Blaine Gabbert. Ryan Griffin's on the roster. You have Tom Brady. There's your quarterback stable. Uh, next year, there are going to be other quarterbacks. If next year you're, you're as all in as you were this year and then a little bit more and you want to draft a quarterback potentially for the future, fine. I'm all for it. Guess who wasn't? All right. I'm looking up. I just kind of randomly Googled. Uh, way too early 2020 mock draft, and it it took me to uh, a San Diego Union Tribune mock draft 2020 mock draft from April 28th 2019 by Mr. Eddie Brown. Guess who is not taken in the first round of that way too early mock draft in April of last year? Jacob Eason, Joe Burrow is. Oh yeah, not take it too early mock draft. So last April, Joe Burrow, at least according to Mr. Eddie Brown of the San Diego Union Tribune, was not a first round draft pick. This year, he's an more overall pick as a consensus. Guys, next April, there will be a quarterback available in the first round, second round, third round, fourth round, fifth round, potentially that we can all look at and say, here are here is why this guy could be the heir apparent to Tom Brady after they've gone all in this year. So again, I'm not Jason Light, but that's just kind of where I'm coming from. If this team is really all in, they're not drafting a quarterback. So after getting that tweet from Ray, which Ray, we appreciate that, that tweet, of course, and that question. Uh, I was inspired a little bit. I was like, you know what? Let me get some more Twitter uh, involvement. Let me get some more Twitter thoughts from our listeners and from Bucks fans in general. So I sent a poll out on the Locked On Bucks Twitter account, and the poll read as follows. Uh, basically said, Bucks fans, riddle me this. With the top four offensive tackles off the board at pick 14, would you rather dot, dot, dot? Your options were draft J- Javon Kinlaw, draft Kalevon Chason, which is my personal preference if you have to stick at 14, uh, or trade back and target an offensive tackle. We got 341 votes in just under seven hours from the time I sent it to the time we started recording. And 46% of you said you would draft Javon Kinlaw. 44% of you said you would trade back and target an offensive tackle. 10% of you said you would agree with me, so that hurts my feelings, but whatever. 
Um, and we got some really in, in, we got some really interesting responses to the poll. So the first tweet I want to read to you, James, and get your response to uh, Gary Rogers at Gary Rogers twenty seven. So many options at wide receiver and offensive tackle in late first and second round. Why not try to get another two picks in the top one hundred? I agree completely. We we are a big fan of trading back. Um, you know, and of course that always that always comes with a caveat. If the top four offensive tackles are off the board, as it is in this particular situation, yes, I am all about trading back. You know, there are other offensive tackles that will go in the first round that are not part of that top four, but they're the top of that next tier. And this draft is loaded with wide receivers. You know, you can you can you know, profit pretty nicely off of that pick. I mean, if you if you trade back from fourteen and you're able to land. Uh, you know, an additional day two pick and an additional day three pick or two additional day two picks with the wide receiver depth, with the need at safety, with the need at running back. You can have every need on this team filled before the weekend in this draft. Then it's all gravy. It's all best player available. Draft some depth. We are good to go. I that's I'm all about it. Yep. And then another Twitter response that we got coming from, I'm going to butcher this last name, but Mark LaRivier is how I'm going to say it. Please forgive me if I butchered it. It's at Mark underscore L-A-R-I-V-I-E-R-E. LaRivier? I don't know. Um, he wrote, trade back with Miami, get their 26th and 39th picks. Draft offensive tackle Josh Jones, running back Clyde Edwards, Alaire, wide receiver Chase Claypool. Uh, and safety, Antoine Winfield Jr. I'm assuming he doesn't mean all all of them because that's not physically possible, but basically those are kind of the targets he would hit with the 26th and 39th pick. So I did tell our listeners on my solo episode that in our Locked On Podcast Network mock draft that we were doing like we did last year, that you and I did broker a deal. We did trade back. I have not told them who we traded back with or how far we traded back. However, what I did find interesting is he said trade back all the way to 26th and target Josh Jones offensive tackle. Um, what do you feel about the prospect that Josh Jones would be there at pick 26 if we would have or were to have broker a deal with the Miami Dolphins? Well, I feel like if the top four tackles are off the board, dropping 12 spots and expecting one of the top remaining two maybe three offensive tackles to still be there, that's pretty high risk. You you have to weigh the risk assessment in a situation like that where you're trading back 12 spots. There are other teams out there that need offensive tackles that also missed on those top four. There are teams that have plenty of ammunition to trade up and jump in front of you because they know you need one. I mean, I would love getting those two picks from the Dolphins, but that's a heavy, heavy risk you're taking. Yeah, so I will go ahead and divulge, James, unless you yell at me, that we did not trade all the way back to 26. So basically what that tells oh, you wow. if you're listening to this is we went somewhere between 15 and 25, right? That's that. I'll give you that. And I tell, I'll tell you, I honestly probably would not have been comfortable if, uh, if we were talking to the Dolphins uh, and Kyle Krabs about possibly trading back to 26. I don't think I would have been confident that one of those uh, remaining offensive tackles would have would have been there still, and that's essentially what I'm talking about here, guys. Is all the the top four guys were gone by the time we came on the clock at pick 14, so we were left with that very option of drafting Kinlaw, drafting Chase on, or trading back. Um, and then we got another response from Devin G at Devin G nine one 
seven eighteen. So I assume on July eighteenth, we can all wish Devin a happy birthday from the year nineteen ninety one. I may be wrong on that. He said, well, this is a big if. And I think what he's referring to is the big if being that the top four guys are gone. And listen, guys, while I will say that most of your national pundit mock drafts agree that you know the top four won't be gone before pick 14 and that most of your mock draft simulators, again, won't do that. I think what I like here about, about this mock draft, James, is these are the, the hosts of all 32 NFL team shows on the Locked On Podcast Network. These are people like James and I. We have been credentialed. We have been to the arena. We've been to the building. We've talked to the players. We've talked to the decision makers. We've talked to the other people inside the building. These are the same guys. Like these are guys who they're not just, you know, they're not a computer and they're not, you know, Daniel Jeremiah, who I love, but Daniel Jeremiah working for NFL.com and NFL Network, literally mock drafting everybody and every team. These are people who are focused in and specialized on that team. And I will tell you, that not only did all four of them go before 14, they went before, what, 12, I think? I think they all went in the top 12, yeah, didn't they? they went in the top 11. I, I want to agree with the thought, because Devin was the only one that voiced that, you know, that whole, well, one of them will be there uh, mentality. I don't know anymore. Like, the, the, the fact that these hosts who are so tied to these teams and spend so much time covering, again, five episodes a week, guys, uh, they're spending a lot of time covering these teams. Those players are gone. That says something to me now. Doesn't mean it's going to happen, but he said this is a big if. But if they are gone, I would prefer to trade back with the team, maybe the Vikings, so they can get their wide receiver, the Vikings, that is. And if they do, I wouldn't mind taking a two. I feel like drafting an edge rusher would suck for them because our front seven would hardly come off the field. So, Devin, if he wants to trade back, he's targeting the Minnesota Vikings at pick number 22. And he would actually target a safety. So maybe an Xavier McKinney, a Grant Delpit, an Ashton Davis. He doesn't want to go edge rushing, edge rusher like my guy, Caleb on chase on uh, because he would hardly get on the field. James, what do you think about Devin talking about the fact that it's a big if for one, but that if it were to happen, that he would he would target the Vikings at 22 in a trade back and then target a safety. Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of that sweet spot. You know, you're you're not falling too far back and and risking losing out on on players that you're targeting. For me personally, I'm not taking a safety right there. I'm still looking to take offensive tackle. Stranger things have happened. You trade back with the Vikings. Now, all of a sudden, the next two offensive tackles are off the board. Well, if you got Xavier McKinney still sitting there or, or Grant Delpit, if, if that's the best player at a position of need on your board, then go for it. Yeah, we've seen first round safeties make huge impacts, but I'm not trading back with the intent to target a safety. I'm still looking to target that offensive tackle. You are listening to the Locked on Bucks podcast while we're talking about Twitter polls. Nick Citro of Bucks Report has been doing a, a March Madness style bracket of Bucks media personalities, shows, websites, whatever the case may may be. Locked on Bucks is still in it, but we need your help, guys. We are an 11 seed facing the three seed of What the Buck, the longest running up until he he called it quits, you know, a few years ago, was the longest running Buccaneers podcast out there. And, and we all know that Derek Fournier did it. Just an absolutely amazing job. Still does the work with the charity. Love Derek. But we want to win. So if you all could go to Nick Citro's Twitter at N I C 
S-I-T-R-O. And you could give us some votes. We'd greatly appreciate it. You know, just shameless plug. Also, we got some iTunes reviews. We're going to go ahead and read those. The first one is a three-star review from a username that we cannot say on the air because it is not child appropriate. And he says, military guy is knowledgeable and entertaining enough, but the guy with the smoker's laugh isn't very likable and not because he hates Ohio State. So that's something. Uh, our other review is... I happen, a- real quick, I happen to think James is very likable, just for the record. Oh, and you. I don't know. I don't have a problem with your laugh. To be for fair. What it, for what it's worth. My laugh has always been the same. Always. Also, our, our other review, five stars from... Stupid nickname bull shut. That's S H U T shut quality. Great insight by James and David content filled and plenty of episodes. Great job. Well, thank you very much. Much appreciated. I hope you find me likable and entertaining. (laughs) Hey, gotta be fair. You know that we've had some reviews that, you know, they said they liked me and didn't like you this one. You know, he likes you and doesn't like me. We're not for everyone. Oh, yeah. I mean, if anybody is ever out there trying to make you, we're going to be true to yourself. We are who we are. Um, we do appreciate the listen to the person whose name we can't say. I mean, three stars and what you said. I don't know if you listen to every episode, but if you do, hopefully, you know, uh, you enjoy the rest of what you hear. Uh, if not, you know, uh, sorry. Yeah, pretty much. But we are out of time. So. You guys know the drill. Check out BucksNation.com. Send us your voicemails to 813-444-5841. Follow along on Twitter at LockedOnBucks, at JayArco underscore Bucks, at DH82 underscore Bucks, at Bucks underscore Nation. Subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Spotify, everywhere that you get your podcasts, we can be found there. Hit that subscribe button. You will always be notified when we drop a new episode. And you never know with us every once in a while, we're dropping just random bonus episodes over the weekend. So make sure you stay caught up by hitting that subscribe button. Listen at home with your smart devices, holler for uh, Alexa or, or your Google home device to play the uh, locked on bucks podcast. And you do have to say locked on bucket ears. Yes, yes, because if you say Locked on Bucks, it'll play the Milwaukee Bucks podcast. I made that mistake once. So tell your smart device to play the Locked on Buccaneers podcast, and, uh, and you'll get to listen to us. Have an absolutely outstanding weekend, and we thank you so much for joining us right here at Locked on Bucks.